Hello and welcome back to the RevOps Show. Is revenue operations a troubled times discipline? In troubled or quote-unquote war times, is revenue operations something that will age your company? Coming from a previous episode, what is customer experience and what role does RevOps play? Doug mentioned this statement about RevOps being a wartime discipline. So just decided it was time to dig a bit more into what this means and how companies can use this information. There's a lot to digest here, so let's just get into it. Jess, you came back. I did come back. I came back. I, I wasn't sure. I thought maybe you were just gonna like stay on Go the on, road with the uh, with the Backtree Boys. Go on tour with the bands. It's just it's follow. funny. I don't know. It, it's funny you bring that up because I'm traveling this weekend. And, and they're going to be performing in a nearby city. And I, I seriously considered trying to get tickets. Are you going? No. Are you going? No, oh. the, logis- the logistics were too, it, it was too, it was too complicated. But, but you have a production background, don't you, Jess? I do. So you could, you could actually, you, you could like legitimately be a roadie for them, couldn't you? It would, it would require me to take more days off of work. And, and that would mean I would miss seeing you so i i chose i chose to not do that you might, you might miss a few episodes of the RevOps show too that that too that too yep exactly exactly so was it everything you remembered it being it was so much better than i thought it was going to be i can't even tell you it was everything i wanted it to be and more <laughs> so it was worth that it was worth the time away it was worth the money it was worth everything um so when was the last time you saw them? 1999. December of 1999. So it December has been. what? I think it was the 7th. I don't December know. Seven. Oh, I don't that's know. That's the day that we live in Infinity. That's a day <laughs> that lives in it. I don't know. I don't know what the exact date was, but it was in December of 99. December. So you were partying like it's 1999? I was. I was See, I brought, the little, I brought a Prince riff into, into it. Exactly. It was literally partying like it was 1999. So are you, are you a Kevin Richardson fan? I like Kevin, but that's not my, he's not my favorite. I was, I was always a Brian girl. I was always Brian. A Brian so girl. you're Brian, Brian Luttrell. Yes, I am. 40, 47 year old doing his, doing the same. Kentucky, from Kentucky, Wildcats fan. So that was always. Kentucky. Yeah, from Kentucky. Kevin Richardson, 50 years old. He is. Yes. So they really are the backstreet. Are they the backstreet men now? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> so I would imagine in the 1990s, 80% of the audience was girls. Oh, probably more than 80%. But yeah. Yes. So did, absolutely. Did, did that hold true? No, no. So I went with, I went with a guy. I went with my oh. best friend. Who's a guy. Yeah, let's let's just let that sit there. And then we were actually commenting on the amount of men that were that were at the show. We were we were both surprised at the number of and I'm sure it was a lot of husbands that got dragged to the show. So and forced to put on a Backstreet Boys T-shirt from from what I saw. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The poor guy next to me was 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 clearly brought by his wife. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i can't imagine actually being that, yeah, that would be i don't i don't think i could have done it so kudos kudos to the guy to kudos to the guy that sat next to me at the backstreet boys concert in dallas kudos to you sir he, he must he must love his wife he must either that or he got into it Give that or he got into a shit pot of trouble. One of the two. Because I was excited. The girls behind us were far more excited. Man, were they they were screaming and intense. So he got he got the full he got the full experience of a Backstreet Boys concert. See, see, actually, outside of just like I don't know that I could tolerate just the Backstreet Boys, but then when you put the screaming on top of that, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think that. I think that I think that I think that's Dante's seventh level of hell for me. <laughs> I think it is for a lot of people. Yeah, that's about that's that's about as bad as it gets. Just have like the air conditioning break, and and that'll just, you yep. know, yeah, that 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 would be the uh, 
um, trifecta. Already, Jess, I don't, what are we I don't about? think we're. I don't think we're here to talk about Backstreet Boys for an hour. I mean, I could, but I'm. I'm sure you could. <laughs> I, I mean, I figure, yeah, yeah, you can't really talk about the 1975 Red. So I wanted to. Oh wow! 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 Deep cut. All right, so I want to talk about something that came up when we were uh, doing the customer experience episode. You brought up that somebody had said that RevOps is a wartime discipline, and I want to talk about that. Okay. I want to start with Let's talk. what is that? What is, thank you. We're, we're off to a great start. <laughs> what, is, what is a wartime discipline? What does that mean? I want to start there for those of us who who don't, who aren't clear with the, aren't familiar with the term. So I'm going to do the easy word first. Discipline. So just, just a function, right? Yeah. So it's a wartime function. There, there's a, and, and I want to preface this by saying I, that there, 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 there's a part of me that doesn't like this topic from, from the get-go because I think sales and business has used wartime analogies for, for far, far, far too long. Um, and, and, and outside of the fact that that, tends to overinflate the the existential risk of things and you know and it, and it also creates win lose um but but from a metaphor standpoint and it's you know common so I'm happy to talk about it in the in the pantheon of things I'm not happy to talk about I'm happy to talk about it it's not easy being me Jess Kermit and right. I have that in common yep um <clears throat> so wartime is difficult times turbulent times when it's really turbulent and and so typically, so like if a business is in trouble, that's wartime. Um, we're probably, it's actually going to be really, really interesting um, because, you know, <clears throat> the last time we saw a macroeconomic environment, like we're seeing what appears to be emerging 1999 to 2000. And, and really you can go back to, you know, the seventies the, the into the eighties in, in terms of I mean, to have the level of inflation, which, you know, obviously has gotten a lot of news, but um, really not since this is really the first time this century. And yes, everybody, this century, because the year 2000 was part of the 20th century. Um, this is the first time this century that, that um, growth businesses are facing a... Um, significantly increased interest rate and tightening money um, environment. We had a very, very, very bad recession in 2008, nine going into 2010, um, you know, dubbed the great recession borderline hit some depression type components to it. But the response from the very get go there was, you know, massive easing of, of, mon of, of the money supply um, and, you know, interest rates going to zero, we saw, we started to see a blip back up just as interest rates started to emerge to start coming up. Um, and I think it was like at 0.75 or something like that, which is just historically ridiculous. Um, we then had, you know, March, 2020, they put interest rates. I mean, we were, we were literally in an interest rate environment where interest rates were zero. Yeah. Um, and, and so, so, you know, there is definitely, you know, more of a headwind, I mean, if you think about all the funding, everything that's going on, the the um, so you know war wartime. So so there's this analogy of wartime peacetime. So there are some people. I'm you know I'm a good wartime CEO. I'm a good peacetime CEO. You know the, the thing that's interesting about wartime, when when times are tough, things are actually simpler. Right? Why do you so, say that? So it, if you're fighting to to stay alive, then mm -hmm. I mean, a you have fewer choices. And, and, and B, the pressure that exists, um, the external pressure that exists can be so powerful to overcome other aspects of resistance. So, you know, what, <clears throat> you know, no, no, no one likes laying people off. Why, why do layoffs happen in, you know, why, why do they suddenly happen in, in more difficult times? Well, if it's a difference of staying in business or going out of business, as much as I don't like doing something, you know, you're... Um, it, it becomes easier to do that. You really, you know, in, in a lot of ways, choices, you know, because you have fewer choices, um, because you're in, you know, you're much more have to. Um, then there's another element, you know, I, I remember when I started in business, I didn't have a lot of choices. I also didn't have a lot to lose. 
Um, and I remember thinking, well, when I just get to a million dollars of revenue, then everything will be fine. Except you got to a million dollars of revenue and, and suddenly it was like, well, nothing's any clearer. But now if I make a mistake, I could fall. Right. So if we're in really difficult times and our revenue's down 25%, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, it's like, okay, well, I can't make it much worse, can I? Um, you know, when 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 times are good, you have more choices. There's there's you know, so the you know, the idea of so a wartime discipline, a wartime function, a wartime mentality is um dealing with very turbulent, very difficult, bad times. Um, when, when, you know, there is existential risk on the line, you know, when you're trying to rally your team in some ways, if, if it's like, Hey, we, we need to do this or we won't exist. You'll, you'll tend to get, you know, tend to easier. It tends to be easier to rally. Um, yep. Now, you know, you're also dealing with a whole lot of fear. There's, there's all, you know, I'm not saying wartime makes it makes life easier. And, you know, it, there's a lot of things that make it tougher, but it's simpler. So, that's so okay, yeah, that, no, that makes sense. So the comment that you made was that you didn't agree with the fact that RevOps is a is a wartime discipline. You said that's only the case when when an organization is in trouble. Is that because you can't you can't be? I, think a, I said if if you're treating RevOps as a wartime discipline, then your organization is in trouble. You might have said that as well, but okay. I'm. I, I, I did go to the tape. I'm fairly certain that you said that's, okay, only that's possible the when, when an organization is trouble is in trouble. And is that because you can't, you can't really be a war, a wartime discipline, quote unquote, unless you're, you're in that turbulent environment, unless, unless the organization is in trouble or. Well, well, first off, actually, I'm, I was about to run into a first off and then I actually thought before I started speaking, what's, what's going on, Jess? I don't know. Um, I used to be a better, a much better wartime leader, for lack of a better word, wartime manager than, than I was a peacetime manager. Like I, I, I went through, it was probably, and I, I mean, I'm still adjusting to it, but it was probably a good two year adjustment where I had to get used to the idea that, wait, you know, key audiences are treating us credibly. Um, they're, you know, we've earned their respect. Like, so I'm, I'm so you, I mean, my, my entire life has been spent being told, you know, that I didn't belong certain places. So, or that I wouldn't be able to do certain things. So, you know, it was, it was pursuing that. And, you know, once we started getting into a place where, you know, we were doing things right. And, you know, I mean, you know, me closely, it's like, as, as much energy as it eats, and it is harder to do today than it used to be. Um, when the shit is hitting the fan and everything is going crazy and there's an, Oh no, Oh no, Oh no. Yeah. You know, that's where I thrive. Right. There, there, there's a lot of complexity, a lot of fear, a lot of everything. And I can kind of get dialed in and, and, um, and so when things were good and, and, and peaceful and you had choice, you can't really, you know, Newt Rockney's speech, halftime speech was, or pregame speech, I can't remember whether it was halftime or pregame, or pregame, you know, wasn't, you know, in a, hey, everything's good, let's keep going. You know, it's like, yeah, you know, you gotta, um, so, so I think that there are people and there are organizations that have wartime mentalities. Um, and, and, and I think when you're a wartime, um, so I'm going to, I'm going to equate it to baseball, Billy Martin was a great wartime manager in baseball. If, if you had a team that was underperforming or you had a very young team that, you know, needed the shock and discipline to get to the point of, of performing, Billy Martin was, was a great manager and he was notorious for getting to the playoffs and not getting through the playoffs and getting fired. And, and the difficulty is that, you know, wartime managers, they, they, they suck up a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, and, and once they get, you know, and, and, and the wartime mentality can only last so long, you know, you could only be under crisis for so long. That was the interesting element about, you know, the 2008 recession was it really was 2008 to 2011, um, before things started to, you know, and actually 2012, 
no, 2011. Sorry, I'm getting it. It's all coming back to me. 2008 to, you know, 2011 is when it finally started to come back and things began to emerge, but it, it, you know, it never got really kicked into full gear. You know, you couldn't, even though there were a lot of elements that were still very recessionary, you couldn't mm -hmm. still operate a business from that standpoint because it just, you know, it burns so much um, in the process. So when you're a wartime CEO and, you know, um, in, What's God? I'm going blank on his name. Um, ben Horowitz. I think it's Ben Horowitz. Yes, Ben Horowitz. Uh, one of the limited partners with Anderson Horowitz. He wrote the book, The Hard Thing About Hard Things. Mm -hmm. Um, venture guys, you know, et cetera. But he, it was actually in 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 that where you know he had he had a really good take about wartime peacetime. Um, and and you know one of the what you know you know very often you know, you have a CEO that's a wartime CEO, and now okay you've got it turned around okay, they're a wartime CEO. They're not really, you know, they're not going to thrive in this environment. So, so A, right. if you're saying that, that RevOps, I mean, so, so almost by definition, if RevOps is going to be a wartime um, discipline, then if you're bringing a wartime discipline, and by the way, I think that it gets treated that way, and I'll tell you why in a minute, um, but you're not in wartime, then you're going to fall into, uh, you know, a number of the mistakes that we talked about in our, you know, five common RevOps mistakes. So why does it get treated as a wartime discipline? Because I think that there's an aspect about, so I, I had an interview earlier today and the question was, when is it the right time to initiate RevOps? And so my, my first answer was the question is moot because you already have initiated RevOps. Right. Right. RevOps is happening whether you, are aware of it or not, whether you have somebody responsible for it or not. I said, so I think with the question that you intend here is not when do you initiate RevOps, it's when do you formally begin to address RevOps? When do you call it out as a major part of someone's job description, someone's responsibilities, OKRs? When do you begin to build out a formal revenue operations function? Um, and um, for those interested, we did a... Um, so that I won't go into the full answer of when is it the wrong time to, um, to, to start RevOps. We did a whole episode on, you know, shared some without giving anything away, but shared some details about a client relationship where we were hired for RevOps and, and it really wasn't the right, the right. right thing. And so, you know, that I'm, I'm, um, I'm obsessed about the idea of the difference between speed and velocity. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and, and so, you know, RevOps at the end of the day is about managing chaos. Now, you'll notice, I just want to lay down because we might come back to this. My keyword there is managing chaos. Um, so when you start off, you know, when you're one person and, and, and you'll recall, we had a conversation with somebody that, you know, I actually said, so you're telling me that you have, you have three people in a company and, and the basic response is, yeah, one person should be responsible for, for RevOps. And my response to them was, well, how much chaos can you have? And, 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 you know what, having been involved in, in three person companies before, I will mm -hmm. acknowledge that you can actually have a lot of chaos yeah. with, with three people. Yeah. But, but the, the acid test question is, okay, well, well, how much juice can you get right. for solving the chaos of three people, right? They might have lots of chaos. Um, and, and you know what, what's, what, what's interesting about the chaos of, of, of three people is that it's, it's non-sustainable chaos. It, it, it is the chaos of only three. Yeah. There, there is no structure. There, there is no component. And, and so if you try to bring in structure to a three-person company, you'll, you'll have an average three-person company and an average three-person company probably won't provide for three people for very long. Um, yep. And, and if it does, it will provide for them. It won't, you know, they, they would be better off doing other things if we were to look at it from an economic standpoint. So, so RevOps doesn't, so oh, my answer was at that point where you are going faster, you are doing more and it's not translating to velocity. Yeah. Right. When you start, so, so, you know, the, the, the increased force side of the play selection, it, it, it it's necessary. You've got to do it to get to a critical mass. And, and especially if you're focusing on that exclusively or nearly exclusively, you hit a point of diminishing returns. 
ideally at that point where, where you begin to get the diminishing returns for, for do more, do it better. That's the time where RevOps begins to shine. And, and that means that there is a lot of friction. There is a lot of turbulence. There is a lot of confusion. There is a lot of chaos. Um, and so revenue operations becomes valuable and becomes meaningful and becomes critical when there is a lot of turbulence. Now, I think that we've got to be careful because I did say that, that wartime account, you know, one of the elements is turbulent times. There, you know, there's turbulence and there's turbulent times. Right. If if you're in a plane, turbulence is a natural part of, of what's happening in the air. As a matter of fact, from what I understand, if there is zero turbulence, I'm not saying that a plane shouldn't try to avoid it. But if there's no turbulence in the air, then then that's actually a problem. It would be like there are no waves in the ocean. Right. Um, you know, that that is different than we are in, you know, the, you know, the atmosphere is turbulent. So. I think where the idea, um, and, and given the context of this conversation, I actually wish we had had this because I might have reframed what I what I shared a little bit more eloquently is turbulence and wartime don't mean the same thing. And it and it is easy to approach revenue operations from the standpoint of existential risk, from the standpoint of of wartime. And, and by the way, when you're trying to get change. Right. Which, which typically, when do you bring in revenue operations? If someone says, Hey, everything is performing at or above expectations. <laughs> we are, we are knocking the cover off the ball. Things have never been ha better. We have never been happier. Right. What, what, what's the likelihood that that's the time that an organization is going to introduce revenue operations? Yeah. Not semi low. Yeah. Or, 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 or introduce any other kind of change. And so, you know, when you're, when you're trying to introduce change, your natural point, you know, you're trying to highlight, you know, why are we, why do we need to change? And again, it's a lot easier to say, if we don't change, we will fail. Right. And, and so you begin to manufacture failure, you know, now, you know, I, I grew up a Redskins fan and Joe Gibbs was the coach for, for my formative years. And one of the things that, that, you know, I think Joe Gibbs, while he was, you know, he was, he had a great football mind. I think what he understood better than anything else was people, you know, in, in, in the Redskins best years, you know, the Tony Kornheiser used to joke about how Joe Gibbs would always be able to manufacture with a straight face, the angle of, if we don't execute to our ability, we will lose. Um, you know, Michael Jordan had a unique ability to in every situation, find some reason to be angry, to be truly angry with the person that he was playing against, right? Because it is easier to get that extra pulse yeah. when you're in wartime. But if you start applying wartime mentality in, in non-wartime, then you'll wreak havoc on the business. And, and here's what I'll, you know, he, he, th th this gets, I think, to the heart of it. If if you're in wartime, then you can't play with the same playbook. So, so revenue operations at its best is a good to great discipline. You give me a, a company in trouble mm -hmm. and a company versus a company that's got, you know, that's in good shape, that things are going well and they're, and, and they're just not getting to that, you know, they're not getting to scale. You put, revenue operations in both of those the good company will get far more from that effort um and it and it will be far more attuned because by the way what is so much of of especially strategic revenue operations about it's about optimization right we're optimizing we're we're well if you're in trouble please for the love of god do not worry about optimizing but if your if your roles we're managing, trying to lower our customer acquisition costs by twenty three percent because we want to get it to this and oh oh really well you're in trouble well I'm going to tell you if you're in trouble optimizing your customer acquisition costs probably not the top thing on your list or at least it probably shouldn't be but I want to go back to the managing chaos because if if that that seems a little bit counter to what you said about RevOps, RevOps, RevOps's job being to manage chaos. Because you would think if if 
if the job is to manage, manage chaos and there's more chaos, I would be more successful in a more chaotic environment than I would in a less chaotic environment. So I would be more successful in a place that was in trouble or in wartime than, than not. What is chaos? A lack of order or regular arrangement, according to Google. <laughs> behavior, so, behavior so unpredictable as to appear random, owing to great sensitivity to small changes in condition, complete disorder and confusion, the formless matter supposed to have existed before the creation of the universe. Those are three definitions. Um, I think there's different types of chaos. Okay. I think when you're in trouble, I'll, I'll, I'll reemphasize this. I think, I think, I think things are simpler when you're in trouble. I think things are more complex when you're not in trouble, when, 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 when you're in good shape. Um, so, so maybe what I, maybe the more accurate statement is, is that RevOps's job is to manage complexity. And remember, complexity is different than complicated. Complicated and complex are not the same thing. Um, you know, when, you know, if a business is in trouble, mm -hmm. I get to, I get to enforce things around. You have to. Yeah. When a business is good, you don't have the have to, right? If a business is in trouble and someone's not on board, you don't have time to go. Well, do they have a point? Yeah. Because if you spend your time thinking about like in, when you're in trouble, I don't, I don't, you don't want, you don't want yes, men. But, you know, the funny thing is when you're in trouble, I don't know why, well, actually, I don't know. Never mind. I'm going to wipe. I'm just going to say you, you don't have as many yes men, but, but you do have an environment that's telling, you know, that's giving you feedback that, you know, something's not right. But, but also, you know, when you're in trouble, when you're in wartime, the odds are stacked against you. Um, you are fighting for, for your existence. And, and so in many ways, certainty of action is is more important than you know the 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 optimization of you know we we've talked in episode after episode after episode about trade-offs mm -hmm. when you're in trouble the trade-offs tend to be more clear you know there are times jess when i have made lots of calls mm -hmm. and i've acted like i'm a sdr right and i i always like to do some of that because i want to keep i want to keep my skills. I want to make sure that I don't fall into theory too much, et cetera. Um, but I can tell you when I'm, you know, working as a sales rep five days a week, that is not because I want to. Right. Right. But I don't, but I don't have the choice. Right. So, sure. so, right. So where, where do we allocate that? You know, how do we do this? So, so I actually think that, that there, you know, especially when you're talking about a company that is scaling up. And so they're going through, you know, so they're growing through their inflection points. They're growing through consolidation points. There, there is a lot of chaos to then, you know, get things back in order to, you know, to manage the complexity of growth, keep things in order so that they can sustain. That is a very, very chaotic um, environment. If the sales team isn't hitting numbers, if we're not generating enough revenue, Look, I don't think it's smart to cut your way to success. But if our expenses are 20% above our revenue, mm -hmm. do you know what I know you have to do? You have to cut. You have to cut. Yeah. Um, now, here's the thing that's interesting. Why do all the cuts come when you hit hard times? Should you be cutting along the way? Hey, damn right you should be cutting. Right. Hey, our goal in good times is we want to get fat. No, you don't want to get fat, but but it's harder to tell. Um, the opportunity cost. You know what? Hey, if this group isn't performing optimally, but we think it's got the, you know, an opportunity from a long-term standpoint here, you know, here, there, whatever. You know, when 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 you're in good times, your viewpoint should, you know, your time horizon should lift up. You know, I've been in an environment where I wasn't, you know, on, you know, five days before paychecks were due, we didn't have payroll. Yeah. I've been there. Right. So I and I can tell you when I'm there, I'm not overly focused on 
what do we need to do to make sure we're in a position to be successful in 18 months? Right. Right. And, and, and so the call in, in your revenue facing areas in, in difficult times, you know, I'm, I'm not saying there's not a revenue operations role there because there's still a machine that's got to be run. There's still things sure. that are going on, but, but if your business is in trouble, I mean, so, so one question is, is your business in trouble because of the environment? Um, or is your business in trouble because of something specific to your business? Right. Um, and, and, and by the way, even in a, you know, even in a very difficult macro and um, economic environment, there's still a lot of, okay, what's going on with you. And, and so my question is, is revenue operations, the discipline, is it the number one discipline? Is it where is, you know, Hey, we got to get our revenue operations in shape or we're not going to turn around. And you're talking about if, See, if you're it. in that, in that, uh, wartime mode, if you're, yeah, if you're if right, you're if you're in wartime, right. And, and by the way, when you're in wartime, you got a telescope, right? When you're in trouble, you got a telescope, you got to be focused on what are the critical things. Yep. And, and, and so, you know, if, is, is, is your product, do, do you still have product fit? Do you still have product market fit? Is, you know, where, where is your positioning? What's your, what's your back end? You know, there, there, there's all kinds of things. Like, I don't know what, you know, why are you, why are you in trouble? Yeah. But, but trade-offs are not, I mean, it, it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. When, when, when you're, when, when you're fighting for, um, you know, food and shelter, and, and by the way, if you're fighting for food and shelter, what will you not do? And I mean, if you're really, really fighting for food or shelter, you ever watch Walking Dead? I have. Is it appropriate that they break into people's houses and <laughs> live there and squat? I don't think so. I'm kidding. <laughs> and they go through and they go through everyone's cabinets and ransack for food and yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Well, you know what? If if that's what I'm fighting for, you know, all of a sudden. And obviously, you know, I'm having a little fun talking about that, but you know, you'll, you do, you do what you have to do, right? Self-actualization. Well, what do we want to be? What could we be? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You bring that up to the, the walking dead analogy, because this gets to one of the questions I was going to ask, which is, and, and you kind of said this about man managing chaos, but, but RevOps jobs a little bit to bring and maintain order. But if you're in trouble, that might not be the most immediate need at the moment. <laughs> well, so so tell me more about what you're saying there. The RevOps job is to manage and maintain order. So I, in my mind, that goes to optimization. So my job, the RevOps job is to make sure that we're able to find places where we can we can work more efficiently, effectively. We can we can um, create processes around repeatable processes, the, the, those types of things that, I mean, RevOps role is to find places where you reduce friction in a way where you can work more efficiently. And I, you know, I'm thinking from what I'm hearing from you is if you're in trouble, that might not always be the thing that you need to focus on right at that moment. So, so and, the, and it actually could cause issues more than help. Well, the, the, the danger that I have is when someone says to manage order, Mm-hmm to create and manage order and maybe I'm wrong, but my sense is the picture that people have is um, the house is clean. The, the groceries are all put away. The pantry is neatly organized. You know, everything has a place and everything is in its place. And yeah. Right. But I don't know any company that's actually doing anything that matters that if you were to walk, if you were to talk to the people that, that were there that especially in today's world that 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 that's what they would experience i if you remember i called out that the keyword was managing managing right. chaos i did not say eliminate chaos right and 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 i'll go so far as to say this if you eliminate chaos i think you are more likely than not going to eliminate the you know whatever the secret sauce whatever the what what whatever you know fire is fire Fire is fire. And, 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 you know, what do we want to do? We want to catch fire, right? Isn't that what they say? We want to catch fire. Yeah. Right. I mean, I, you know, what they say, you know, I always say like, I never know when, you know, when, when times are going really well, I never know if the, you know, 
do I have the tiger's tail or does it have me chasing its tail? Right. I'm yes, not sure I got, whether I, I, I caught got, its tail I got or it, it caught me. Yeah. Right? It took me a minute. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, and, and think about it, like where, where we have started to see some real optimization and things come about there, there's almost a, okay, wait a second. This worked out like it was supposed to, but right. Be, be, because by the way, especially when, you know, when you're in a complex environment, then, you know, and, and, and let's add you're in a dynamic complex environment. Mm -hmm. um, if, if you have this orderly mentality, then the, you know, the, that actually becomes complacency because, you know, if, if, if you're not constantly testing, constantly experimenting, tweaking, adjusting, figuring out and you go, okay, yep. Already. Hey, everybody, we got the formula. It's like when I, when I coached baseball and someone would come and say to me, coach got my swing, got, got, I got my swing figured out. I'd be like, okay, I know where I know. I don't know what he's done, but I know he hasn't figured out his swing. Right. And, and, and it's why if you ever watch, you know, if you ever watch a hitter that's hitting the mm -hmm. ball well, you yeah. know what he will or she will not talk about? They will not talk about their swing, right? They will not do it. Um, and that's because it's never done. Right. Right. So, so is it, is, is it, is it orderly? Is it, um, and, and, and look in any environment, especially where we are today, there's always like the, the dangers are always more evident. Um, and, and so sure. if your goal is to eliminate chaos, then, and, and, you know, as we've said in other places, if your goal is to eliminate friction, right. then, then you eliminate and you don't, you know, how do you know whether you're eliminating the friction that's good or, or, or that's not good? Survival is not a, like, you know, it, it's not a big trade-off, right? I, I, you know, we have to do this. Yeah. And, and, and so I think that, you know, you, you, you said something that struck me because I know I've said this. Revenue operations job is to find places that is to find, I, I think revenue operations job is to participate in that because I believe revenue operations should be a, P, a peer role, mm -hmm. uh, which, which is why you need to have strategic revenue operations. It would be a mistake to have only tactical revenue, revenue operations and have that in a, in a peer role. Mm -hmm. But, but I actually think what, you know, revenue operations job is to figure out how to standardize without losing fidelity. Like that's the trade-off. How do we get, how do we balance the fidelity of one-off, the, the fidelity of bespoke with the scalability of standard? Yep. Right? And, and realizing, you know, we can't be bespoke. We can't be, um, you know, we're not a linear machine, right? But, but that's the place where, so, so it is a standardizing, um, you know, in the same way that, that, you know, when you're starting out in sales, if you just go out and hire a bunch of salespeople, you're, you're not going to get the results that you want because they're not the people that have the ability to explore the conversation, to figure out how to get some message fit, et cetera. Salespeople come in and they are, you know, they, they, they exploit what is known. And that's why you hire more salespeople because you generate more capacity, et cetera. And so, you know, revenue operations has that ability to scale your, your backstage and support functions that mm -hmm. that's what it does. Right. That, and, and, and so again, you know, when does reducing friction really matter when there's enough force, right? You, you've got, I mean, th think of it this way. If you started working to eliminate friction, when you're trying to get a rocket into space, you're not going to get very far. You have to figure out how to, how to get through friction. You've got to break gravity, right? So when you're in trouble, you've got a gravitational pull, right? You got a gravitational pull down. So you've got to go against that gravity. What is bringing you down? You need to figure out what that is and do what needs to be done to fix that. And, and by the way, that might mean that you need to do some things that, that aren't going to be the healthiest long-term. You know, when, when we start off, what, you know, what has become common, you know, it shouldn't scale. Right. Right. If, if, you know, if you've just started off and you're like, okay, well, I've got five customers. Oh, but that won't work once we have 10,000 customers. Okay, great. You know what? You don't have 10,000 customers. Right. Right. And, and by the way, if you don't get a hundred customers, you're never going to, you know, you, and, right. and, and so you can't, you know, I, you know, I, if, if, if you're in trouble, if you have a share, you know, a, a true sales shortfall, if your revenue is threatening, well, you know what, you need revenue and, and, and 
what does that mean? Like for us today, our, our minimums are higher. Yep. We're, we're much more selective. Yep. Right. If, if we were to run into some trouble, if, if demand were to follow now, now, by the way, some of the reasons why our, why we're more selective and our minimums are higher is because we have a limited amount of capacity. And so, you know, we've got to figure out where it fits and it, and if demand levels fell, well, then guess what? Our capacity wouldn't be at its limit. So, so again, you're, you're, you're adjusting things that are there right. today. We're less likely to do something custom. And if it is custom and I mean bespoke type custom, then we're going to charge much more for that. Right. Right. And, and you know what, it, there could come a time where we run into something and it's like, okay, Hey, what, guess what, you know, um, is that like, so, so, so those are all kind of the games that happen. I don't know that I would call that, you know, when, 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 when revenue operations is perceived as a wartime discipline, it, it, it they, they speak with certainty and they approach things with certainty that, that makes them the department of sales prevention. Right. And, and you can't help, but become maniacally focused on, on process rather than on throughput and yield. And, and again, the, again, the, the, the reduced friction part, you know, if, if I have 10 conversations, how much juice can you get for reducing the friction? Hey, we're going to bring you, you know, but five of your conversations are a complete waste of time. So we're going to bring you down to five, but they're the five conversations that matter. Okay, great. Well, you know, the, 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 the four sets your ceiling. Right. And, 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 and so I think that, you know, and, and by the way, I know I'm kind of rambling here a little bit, but I, you know, I've seen people that, that then jump in and start saying, you know, I, I, as a matter of fact, I know somebody that would have argued with something that I said, I talked about you know, your, you know, what is your, where's your positioning product market fit? And they would say, well, that's RevOps. And then I would say, no, it's not. Right. And, and, and if it is RevOps, then, then I want to know why weren't you talking about it 10 years ago when you were talking about messaging, et cetera, because, because it, it's either new or it's not new. Um, and, and, you know, we've had the conversations of, of, of it has to mean something, you know, right. so, so revenue, revenue operations is about, it's about, I mean, it's about organizing. I mean, it's an organizing discipline. It's about increasing predictability. Those are all things that, that are of strong health, right? And, and, and so if I'm drowning, the last thing I need is someone to talk to me about form for my freestyle. Yeah. And, and by the way, when I was out in Hawaii, just did I mention I was in Hawaii recently? You, you've, you've mentioned it once or twice. You know, I went out one day and, and holy cow, was that, was, was the tide strong? Holy moly. Um, and of course I forget that I don't have whatever the lifeguard certification is. And, and I got out a little bit deeper than I thought I was. And I got like, like mashed around by some waves. And I, and I remember thinking, this is why people who know how to swim drown. And and what I did was I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to the basics and I'm going to do, you know, it was basically, what do I have to do to get to the place where I can stand, you know, and everything right. got really, really simple. Yep. And then I'll figure out everything else and I'll get the sand out of my, you know what, and this and that, right. I'll deal with all that later. I didn't, you know, so, so that, that, that's what I'm talking about. And so if you're coming in, if, if you're approaching revenue operations with that wartime mentality, then you're taking agency away. Um, you're, 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 you're taking refinement away and, and, and you're going to end up, you know, in a wartime environment, it, it is adversarial, right? You are with us or you are against us, you know, and, and look, I don't want to, I, uh, you know, this is why I hate talking about wartime, but you know, if you're, if, if you're Ukrainian, there's a whole lot of nuance of discussion that is just not relevant. Right. <clears throat> right. Well, mm -hmm. what's the impact of this decision 20 years from today? I'm sorry. We we're worried about tomorrow. Right. Right. And, and, and what is, what, what is the zone? What, what is the zone of ever operations? It's a zone two discipline. 
right? right? That, that zone two is at its best going, that, that's what gets you from good to great. Zone two doesn't get you, I mean, there's zone two behaviors and activities, but zone two is not the zone that gets you out of trouble. And so, and, go ahead. And, and by the way, if you're in wartime, if you're in difficult times, then the company is wartime. And that, I guess this is my last piece of why it really bothered me. If you're, if the company is in peacetime, and, and you're treating revenue operations like it's a wartime discipline, well, you're out of alignment with your company and that's going to wreak a lot of havoc and you're going to burn. By the way, what's interesting is you might actually get better results in the short term. Yeah. That, that wartime mentality will get you better immediate outcomes, but the cost will be too high. Um, just real quick, I want to ask you, because the way that you're talking about this does, does RevOps not have, so if you are in trouble, if you are in wartime, does RevOps not have a role there? And what is the role? You know, the, let, let me say this. If you're in trouble and you don't have a revenue operations organization, am I going to, is that when I'm going to introduce revenue operations? Probably not. No. It goes, it goes to, you know, the, 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 the episode that we had, you, you need to have a sales, you need to have somebody who's like their problem was, there was nobody that owned sales, right? They needed a sales leader to own sales, right? It was like, until you have that, because the other thing too is what, what, what revenue operations does is it brings constructive tension. So, so what is it balancing against? Um, now, is there a role? Yeah, there's a role because there's still, again, there's an operations, there's things that are going on. You're, you're, you're still looking to get stuff out of it. But, but again, you know, as, I'm, as I'm saying this out loud more, the the idea of wartime that is an organizational issue that is not a not that a is person. not a discipline issue yeah um so so if the organization is in wartime you know if the organization is in trouble then you know the mandate of revenue operations is going to be very very different than than if it's not um and and i do think that you're probably looking you know revops will get much more tactical um so I think that's that's my big takeaway is that this is more of an organizational thing than a than a uh, discipline or departmental even um, when you're in wartime or like the organization's in trouble. Um, I th I also think I like the point that you made. We've talked about this on on several episodes about the danger of RevOps becoming the sales prevention department or the, or really what the whatever uh, prevention department. And if you're viewing it that way, that's going to happen. I'll, I'll give you one more takeaway because I, I, I think one of the problems that happens and, and this is why wartime gets used so frequently is I think too many people still see um, the opening of patent comes to mind when they, when they, when they think wartime, here's how I would make the synonym of wartime trouble. Yeah. Right. And so I would ask you is, is revenue operations a trouble time discipline? So I would ask the person who posted that is revenue operations, trouble time discipline. And, and again, remember one of the things about wartime is there's not, there's no, when you're on the front lines, you don't have a choice. Right. Right. So you're taking away choice. And by the way, all you have to do is watch people who spent time in war and see the cost that it has. Yeah. And so don't now the, the upside of wartime, it can be very clarifying. Life yep. gets very, very clear when your survival is at stake. And, and, and by the way, you don't get into nuance about the person next to you. It's like you, you, you have my back or you don't have my back. It's that simple. Well, and on the and choice that's thing. That's where we glorify wartime. And yeah. in the words of the great poet, I ask you war, what is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Sorry, good old. No, 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 no. I was, I was just uh, going to say on the, on the point about choice. I mean, we've, we've also talked frequently on here that the RevOps is all about managing trade-offs and that's actually the place where, where they're strongest is when they're managing those trade-offs. And when you take the choice away, you, you, you're not, you're not in that position where you're managing those. Cause you, cause you have to do. Yeah, what you, have to do. you know, you know, in, 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 in trouble times, RevOps becomes everything that we say RevOps shouldn't be. It right. becomes about compliance. It becomes yep. about, yep. did we do this the way we're supposed to do it? It becomes about, you know, now if you have a revenue operations issue because you're selling medical equipment related to HIPAA and there's, 
and there's certain contracts and you're, and you're violating those contracts and you just got fined. And, and so you're yeah. bringing in revenue operations to pay attention to that. Then yeah, that, that, that is a wartime issue that you're, but, but here's my question, right? And here's the other thing about, about war and, and about trouble times. If, if you survive, you're going to have more time when you're not in war than you are in war. So what are you going to do then? So, so if, if there is a major trouble that you're fixing, okay, that's great. You got to do those things, get that in shape. Mm-hmm. But, but now that, you know, we are compliant with our contracts and, and, and you know what, there are some roles where they come into existence because there is a defined acute problem that needs to be solved. And when that problem is solved, that role should go away. And that's okay. Like that. And, and by the way, if that's what the, then that's fine. But I know the person who wrote that post and, and, and where that comes, that that's not what they're thinking. Um, right. And I'll, think, you know, when, and I actually wish, I wish I had, we had had this conversation before. When is it the right time to introduce revenue operations when you're overwhelmed by choice? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's much more nuance to that and I'll, find those places. But, but that is when revenue operations becomes, you know, that, that is when revenue operations becomes imperative. It's because choice means complexity. Complexity is the toxin of growth. So as you're taking on more and more complexity, what does revenue operations do? Revenue operations is managing that market facing complexity on an ongoing basis so that you're not overwhelmed by it. Um, And again, in most cases, if you are in trouble, it might have been too many choices that got you into trouble. You got parallels or overwhelmed or you got too complicated or you overextended, et cetera. But to get turned around, it's not, you know, the managing of choices. It's the more the execution of those choices. Yep. And that's all I got to say about that. On that topic that you didn't really like. <laughs> Well, I don't like the analogy. No, I know. And that's a wrap on this episode of The RevOps Show. Even though this wasn't a fan favorite topic of Doug's, I think he hit the nail on the head with the reminder that RevOps is an organizing discipline that's used to increase predictability and create constructive tension. So whether you're in troubled times or not, that's how RevOps should be used. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, and share the episode. If you have any questions you would like to ask Doug or Jess about troubled times or anything RevOps related, email me at hannah at imaginellc.com or hit us up on Twitter at demandcreator. Until next time, remember, you can't solve your upstream problems downstream.